Snorts, cups, cave parties. Everybody's in for giving back to those in need. We're going to Club 400. Club 400. We're going to Club 400. Club 400. We're going to Club 400 Radio. All right. Stu, it's Celebrity Day here in the studio. Did you bring the 12 pack or no? <laughs> I. Is I that, thought you were going to. Oh man, we're gonna we're definitely going out after the show though. Uh, we got a special guest, one of my one of these guys I met through Club Four Hundred. Um, he has been at our events numerous times. Uh, we've we been to his event. We've uh, been yeah. to his events too, and we've united. We actually helped out a family in Huntley recently. I want to give it up for our good friend Daniel Robbins, otherwise known as Danny Rocket. Danny Rocket's in the house. <sighs> <laughs> oh my God! No, the the crowd's going wild. But please, uh, keep your bras on, ladies. Danny, thanks for coming all the way out from Chicago today. I appreciate it much, very much. You've come out to our events. You've played for free, uh, and it's just a pleasure to have you here today. And uh, we wanted to talk about you and how you became a Cub fan and all the st- things that you're doing because you're doing a lot of wonderful things at the time right now. So, well, it's it was great to to meet you, Stuart. Because I mean, it, we kind of are doing the same thing. I mean, it. Uh, a couple years ago, I you know started a Cubs podcast. People started to listen to it. I said, "Oh man, I got a lot of people in front of me. You know, we should try to do something positive with all these people." And then as we, you know, cause kind of grew it, and the family of Cubs fans grew. Well, that's when I met you, and then you had a Cubs fan family too. And so you know, we put that together, and then now we basically could build a compound and probably populate it and uh, <laughs> rule, rule the world. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> possibly, we just need a, a really charismatic guru. You know, and uh, you know, I, I I don't really want that job. Let's talk about you and how you became a Cubs fan and. Uh how it evolved to what it is today because you know you're obviously you're doing really great things and i'll tell you what if you haven't checked out his uh podcast before please do it's one of the best ones out there uh the uh, san ranto show and uh it's 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 all you know we'll talk about that but how'd you become a cub fan danny oh man well um see we i was born in elgin actually originally my family moved away to uh virginia my dad had work uh translating he was a translator for uh and so we were outside of uh, Washington, D.C. for a while. And, we, you know, he really liked baseball. He was a Tigers fan. And so uh, every now and again, we went to an Orioles game or, or two. We went, uh, we'd be traveling to see my grandparents who lived uh, in Chicago still. We would, um, we, we, you know, we'd stop in like Pittsburgh for the night. We'd catch a game in Pittsburgh. Like some of my earliest memories are being at those games with my father, even like two, three years old, just, you know, glimpses of, of what that was. And then, um, well, my uh, my grandfather died, and uh, my mom wanted to be closer to her mother, uh, who had moved to Palatine. So uh, they moved back to Chicago. Well, that was in 1982, something like that, 82, 83. And uh, so, you know, Dad liked to go to Cub- to, to go to games. So we first went to down to the South Side because my mom grew up a Sox fan. So all my uncles are Sox fans. Uh, my cousins are Sox fans. And so we first went to a Sox game, but that was, you know, way, we lived in Lake Zurich. So th- how much further away is Sox Park from Lake Zurich than Wrigley Field? Right. It's a lot. Yeah. So once they figured, hey, Wrigley Field's much closer, um, we started going to, to games at Wrigley Field, maybe like 83. And, you know, it, that's like the perfect age. You know, I was nine years old. 
1983. The Cubs were terrible in 83. But then the next year, you're 10 years old, 1984, yeah. and you get, you know, the, what a magical summer that was. Didn't end great, but, like, you know, those are my first baseball tears. Shed it, you know, oh, after game right. five. You know, I hate Steve Garvey to this day. Yeah, I do you know, too. and yeah, we all <laughs> can't I, stand him. Yeah, and you know, I, I don't like the Padres. You tell people I lived in New York for 18 years, and people are like, you know, so what team don't you like? I'm like the Padres. You're like, how do you not like the Padres? They don't bother anybody. I'm like, oh yes, they do. <laughs> but um, but you know, then you know, then you just kind of just keep with it, you know. And you just, the game's on GN. You're coming home right. after school. You know, it's everybody's story from all over the country. I've met people from everywhere, from all the traveling I've I've done, uh, watching the Cubs, and uh, everybody's story is the same. Well, they were on uh, right after as I got home from school. You know, three o'clock. It's like the fifth inning, sixth inning, watch the rest of the game. And uh, this is a story I've heard over and over again from Florida to Seattle. You know, and it's yeah. and uh, it's a shame it's not like that anymore. But, you know, we could talk about the blackout rules and all the, the, the junk that's happened, you know, in how they present the games because it used to be all the games were on GM. But uh, anyway, I, I moved away to New York, would catch them uh, when they came and played the Mets or the Yankees every third year or whatever it was. Went down to Philly a bunch, and um, uh, really, what what started uh, this whole recent uh, thing with the Cubs, which which was I was living in New York, was getting a and getting a divorce. Like this is gonna sound like a country song, right? <laughs> but like living in New York, surprised you haven't wrote that song yeah. yet. Oh, it's it's been written like eighty three. Backed up the pickup truck. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it was actually a Volkswagen Beetle. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's, that's more me. I'm not a truck guy, but. Um, so I'm living in New York. I'm getting a divorce. Wife kicks me out. Uh, dog dies. My dog dies. So like, that's like two thirds of a country song, right? Right, right there. So, you know, and um, Jack was, Daniels. That's what you need. Yeah. Oh no, <laughs> Jack Daniels was definitely part of this story as well. But we won't get into that. But we're, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just, you know, sitting, sitting there, being like, oh, what do I do with my life? I have five jobs. I hate. You know, because it just tried to pay the rent in New York City, you know, run around playing children's classes with a guitar and just, you know, really just disliking everything that's happening in my life. And then so one day I just I just quit all five of my jobs. Like I honestly one by one called everybody up and I said, I'm, I'm not going to work here anymore. I'm going to do something else. I want to go back to Chicago. And right around that time. I uh, and now my mother still lives here. My sister had moved back, so there are other reasons than the Cubs uh, to come back. And I actually linked up with an uh, ex-girlfriend of mine. I was at Wrigley Field. I was still living in New York. Uh, I was I was drunk, very drunk, and I was sitting in the upper deck with my buddy Lyle, who I do this is the, the Sun Ranto show yeah. with. And he said, he "Goes oh, I wonder if Nicole's still out. You know, like, maybe we'll give Nicole a call." I said, "Oh, is she still around? You know, we had dated 20 years ago, me and Nicole." Okay. I said, "All right, well, I'm getting divorced. Let's call Nicole." You know, it turns out she's getting divorced too. So she showed on up, and then, you know, then uh, I was like, "Oh wow, I got all sorts of reasons to move back to Chicago <laughs> now. I got got it all hooked up. I got a girlfriend. I got my, you know, my family's back there. I got the Cubs. Old you style know. beer. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, old style beer. Harry. Yeah, I just Malort. quit. I just quit all my. I just quit all my job. I didn't even know about Malort at that time. You know, that was that, just the the surprises keep on coming in Chicago. So that's pretty cool. You quit all your jobs in one day. Yeah, just like and one after screw another. it, screw like, it. I'm like, hey Jeff, yeah, it's not really working out. Yeah, I, I gotta go. No, I, I'm moving to Chicago. I'm, I'm not doing this. And like, you know, and uh, so it was a great decision. And like, I just kind of moved back to Chicago with only one goal in mind, which was to live by Wrigley Field and maybe spend a year of healing. Like, I had a lot of things go wrong for me. 
And, uh, you know, I was just like, well, you know what? The Cubs suck. It's in 2012. Mm-hmm. The Cubs suck. My life sucks. So I'm going to sit in Wrigley Field. I'm going to pay $5 on StubHub to go in every day. And I'm going to watch a bunch of Cubs. And we're going to suck together, me and the Cubs. And and, uh, and we'll, we'll see what happens from there. Well, I started writing uh, some, I don't know, do you want me to keep going? No, <laughs> I do, I do. No, this yeah. is great. Well, it started when I was, no, <laughs> just kidding. Um, no, I, I started writing, uh, I, I would go, I went down to St. Louis and, uh, and I, you know, just took my car down there, watched, watched a couple games and I decided to write about it because it was kind of a weird situation where I got, I got kicked out of the stadium uh, because I was in the wrong seats. Mm. And uh, it, it's a long story. I won't get into that story, but I got kicked out. And so I was like, I'm going to write about this just for myself. And I started a little blog, and I started writing about it. And then I, I put some stuff up on Bleed Cubby Blue, which is the SB Nation site, on their fan post site. Well, Al Yellen, who you, you, a lot of you guys might know read uh, if you read Bleed Cubby Blue. He's always in the left field bleachers in the back row. Uh, he said, hey, I'd like you to write for the main page, you know, just like – fan stuff, human interest stuff, like, you know, because I was doing food reviews and things, like, they had, you know, like, really, you know, they would do, like, uh, specialty hot dogs that were, like, right. some of them were really, like, disgusting because yeah. they didn't even have anywhere to cook this stuff. Right. So I was just like, you know, I'd, you know, just, I'm a comedy writer, I'm a comedy musician, so I would, you know, write hilarious food reviews about, you know, horrible Wrigley fu- food. I, much, rem- I remember those, actually. It's much better now, too. I mean, yeah. I think I, I right. we'd all agree that they have many better options, but... Um, so that's how it all kind of got started. And then, you know, I started the podcast and I was just doing it with my friend Lyle. And then uh, he ran two restaurants. So I brought another guy on. And then, you know, and then we just got some fans. People started listening. They, you know, found it through me being in the, you know, writing for Bleed Cubby Blue. And then I did a lot of travel logs. I, I went to 100 games in 2016, if you count spring training. Wow. Traveling all around. Then That's, I got the idea that this guy travels, man. It's impressive. He, uh, I used I'm to get, exhausted. I used to get I mean, pissed off, like when I didn't know yeah. Danny. You know, I'm like, Jesus, he, how the hell is he there? And then he, next next series, you know, it's in uh, Los. Oh my God, he's in L.A. now. I was get, <laughs> je- jealous of your travels, man. It was unbelievable. Now you wrote a piece for uh, Bleed Cubby, the sordid travels of Cub fan. I remember yeah, reading that when yeah, I didn't know you. A but bunch that, of them. I, I wrote a, a whole series of them. Uh, at the, I haven't written one. I actually am halfway through one about Kansas City right now from this year. But, uh, you know, I wrote a bunch of them back in the day when I traveled to different ballparks to kind of give people the ins and outs. Because, you know me, I'm sitting in the cheap seats and trying to sneak down to the good ones. You know, I'll tell you where, like, you know, hey, the the beer uh, per ounce and uh, ABV level is the best deal at this stand over here. Because <laughs> if you're going to pay 14 bucks for a beer at Dodger Stadium, you want to get this one out of here because uh, they give you an extra two ounces, whatever. Like, that's the stuff. That's actually what I use math for. <laughs> and, and, and that's it. Every, and that, that, that's the thing, man. This guy was sitting with us here today is so talented, man. He's <laughs> u- uber talented. I don't use that word except for my Uber driver. But he, this guy is uber talented. Yeah. I mean, I know our listeners have heard his songs. He, his songs frequently get played on Waddle and Sylvie. But let's back up back to where you guys, what, what, you, what, you, what you're doing right now. You started a, a podcast, which is awesome. Tell, tell us about how that you rolled into that. Well, I had another podcast called uh, Rocket Radio. And it was mostly social satire, and uh, you know, I, I actually one of my day jobs uh, is writing comedy for morning radio shows. So like it's syndicated radio shows, and you know, you hear parody songs and stuff. I, I write those uh, along with a whole team of writers. Uh, but uh, so I was doing that, and I was kind of doing the dirty version, right, of what we can't do on the radio. Right. You know, stuff about you know, and also social satire. Like I would do these uh, effed up 
uh, I can't even say any of the words, effed up S from history <laughs> things. And yeah. I would like, tell, tell the story of the, of the, the Irish potato famine or something like that. And how, you know, Br- you know, uh, Britain just basically starved those people. And, and I would like put music behind it and like tell the story in my own way. Or I would do sketches in which like, you know, a little controversial, but like, uh, you know, I had, uh, it was uh, one called the slave auction in which, uh, it was a, it was a, uh, a, a actual like 1860s slave auction. Me and my friend Andre, who's a who's a black guy, we did it together. We wrote it together, and uh, we thought it would be funny if if he wasn't happy with the price he got for himself. So he he started <laughs> he started auctioning himself and like you know you know yelling at people you know that that he was worth more than that. So we tried to get both of those ideas like I'm a man, I'm worth more than what you're willing to pay, like you right. know that kind of thing. So it was like stuff like that that we were doing. And, um, you know, not that many people were listening to it. And uh, I was following, going to a lot of Cubs games, and I'm like, hey, you know, this podcasting thing is kind of a fun thing to do. It's taken off, like, to, you know, it would take me two weeks to, of a lot of work to put out one of those rocket radio shows, writing all the scripts and the songs and everything, and hiring the actors and uh, not hiring, uh, asking them to do it for free. <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, I'm like, oh, Cubs already have fans. You know, I'll do a Cubs podcast and then I'll just like have their fans and then it'll be automatic listening to Ivy Envy a lot. Too. Right. And those guys and those, are great. And those guys are incredible podcast and they, they keep it very above the board. And I said, well, what if we have like the Howard Stern version right. of the Cubs podcast and we'll say what we want and we won't uh, mince any words and we'll put the little E explicit next to our name so we can say what we want and uh, we'll have a lot of fun. And sometimes we get in a little trouble for the things we say, but uh, we always apologize and move on. <laughs> and now you got a, a Facebook page, uh, the Sun Raiders. T- yeah, you, yeah you, well, how would you describe your group i mean because you get some really hardcore followers yeah. and you got it's a different type of group that you know there's a lot of groups out there. there's a lot of facebook pages and there's there's a tons but your group is different i think it's also i think it's pretty much like a family to you too a little bit yeah, I mean, a couple of those guys are bozos, but, you know, if, I mean. <laughs> Not going to mention any There's names. bozos yeah, in yeah, every yeah. group, though. They, they, they Stu's know. got a few, too. <laughs> oh, I've, I've told them as much. And, and I think that what's refreshing about the Sun Ranto Ranters is it's a, uh, it's not a secret group, but it's a private group. And so, like, not anybody can join it. And, and sometimes if you don't answer my questions, which are one or there's two. How did you uh, um, uh, how did you become a Cub fan? And you, actually, I don't even care if you answer that or not. You know, if you're wearing a Cubs hat in your picture, you're good. But the second question: Are you easily offended? Because if you are, you can't come in the group, right? Because we're gonna it's it's no holds barred. And if somebody does say something that offends somebody else, we have it out in there. Yeah. We fight about it, and like you know, people get butt hurt all the time on that page. But hey, let's face it: when people fight, it's entertaining. It's in, you know it's it's straight <laughs> entertainment. I mean, people the entire TMZ, you know the, the website TMZ uh, and the the show TMZ, all celebrity gossip. It's all uh, about fighting. You know, be, you know this guy said this about that guy, and like makes uh, everything a little bit more interesting. Yeah, sure does. the show within a show, and uh, you know, and I, I just feel like you know the bozos on there. They've got maybe a dirtier sense of humor. They're a, li- a little bit uh, you know racier, raunchier. They don't mind criticizing the Cubs. When they see something that's not good about the Cubs and a lot of the other pages, they won't let you do that. Yeah, right. If you go on there like, ah, Tommy Listella sucks. You know, <laughs> I hate Tommy. His, his batting average was 360. Now it's 260. And then, yeah. you know, and then and if that guy's going off about Tommy Listella, you know, like we're not going to like kick him off 
we're just going to make fun of him when Tommy Lestella hits a two-run homer. Right. And by the way, I was the guy that was making fun of Tommy Lestella, <laughs> and now everybody made fun of me, so I could use that as an example. That's awesome. But. So how'd you get? I, I I don't even know this question. I'm going to ask it without even knowing. Rocket, Uh-oh. where'd the rocket come in? Danny Rocket. because uh, I, I call I call him the Rocket Man. Yeah, you know? yeah, a lot a lot of people do, and yeah. and, and it's, I was about 20 years old, I think, and I was living in Brooklyn. And I had, uh, I, don't, I don't, I really don't know, like, what happened. We were, you know, we were imbibing a lot of substances in the day. We were uh, having a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, I woke up a year later. My name was Rocket, you know. Every, <laughs> and uh, everybody was just calling me Rocket, you know. I, 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 I like it. I think it's great, man. Yeah, it's it's been I, fun. I, I, have sim- I thought that was his last name for a long time. I have a similar Sir William story. I'll tell it off the air. <laughs> yeah. It usually involves uh, substances. Drinking of, or, yeah, drinking. Yeah. And, but, but, yeah, it's like, uh, then I went went to join the acting union and uh there was already another uh daniel robbins that had been in the union like you could do daniel j robbins that's my middle initial you know i'm just i'm like eh, everybody calls me rocket i'm joining as danny rocket i was like now i gotta play this thing off for the next 25 years but here we are <laughs> so he brought his guitar in today I we're know. almost halfway through the show yeah, here we're so. hear something. yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll play it i'll play a couple tunes okay. um Cool. I, uh, uh, why, don't we, why don't we just start with this? One? I'm gonna back off off the mic so we can hear. And then, uh, well, why don't I uh, why don't I play this one? And then uh, this, then we maybe lead into a conversation about John Baker. Yes, All yeah, because right. he started a national holiday. I know. It's we'll, so we, great. Yeah. yeah, we'll talk about that. So uh, you ready? Yep. Tonight the backup catcher got the win I showed him down at Wrigley with a belly full of gin I knew it would be a long one and when Jackson was pitching The night the backup catcher got the win Old Edwin Jackson only lasted four the game was tied for 12 more innings, nobody could score. We went to Captain Morgan's cause we wanted to drink more. The night the backup catcher got the win. It was the night the backup catcher got the win. Got the win. It was the night the backup catcher got the win. Sat in the upper deck with three of my best friends. The night the backup catcher got the win. Well, we went just outside to have a smoke But as we stood beyond the gates, Captain Morgan's closed We got left outside and we couldn't get back in The night the backup catcher got the win Well, we were three sheets to the wind and overserved and we couldn't get back to our seats in upper deck reserved. So we watched the game from the dugout on Addison. The night the backup catcher got the win. It was the night the backup catcher got the win. Got the win. It was the night the backup catcher got the win. I got sick outside of Wrigley from mixing beer and gin. The night the backup catcher got the win. And then as the story goes, John Baker, the Cubs' backup catcher, took the mound in the top of the 16th inning, and he pitched a scoreless frame, even inducing a double play. And then 
in the bottom of the 16th inning. John led off the inning with a walk! And um, uh, then he got to third base somehow, at which point Starlin Castro hit a sacrifice fly, winning the game! Oh, John Baker finally won it in 16! On the most exciting sack fly this baseball fan has seen. But I sort of missed it, I was drunk as Charlie Sheen. It was the night backup catcher got the win. It was the night the backup catcher got the win. Got the win, and it was the night the backup catcher got the win. Oh, they threatened us with handcuffs when we tried to sneak back in. The night the backup catcher got the win. It was the night the backup catcher got the win. It was the night the backup catcher got the win. That was awesome. How hungover were you were when you wrote that song? Uh, that was the next day, or what yeah, was it? It was a very. It was hours later. Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, sometimes when you wake up and you're still drunk, yeah, you get you still have that you know creative drunken energy that you had the night before, um, and then you get hungover later. You, you ever have that experience? Oh yeah. And, and sometimes a hair of the dog might oh, help that right. situation. Uh, you know, have a many a time. Too many times. But yeah, I, you know, I was at that that, that game in uh, July 29th in uh, 2014. And, uh, you know, I just went down there with a couple friends and, you know, watching it and it's tied 3-3 and it just kept going. And back in the day, uh, I'm talking like I'm an old man, but uh, it was four years ago. <laughs> but you used to be able to go into Captain Morgan's club and back into the stadium uh, as many times as you wanted. Didn't matter, um, I, you know, what inning it was. Now, I think it's the seventh they cut it off. So, you know, maybe after taking me out to the ball game, it could be the eighth. Um but so our plan was a really wonderful plan. What you do is, you, you, you know, it's, they stop serving after the 7th, 8th inning at Wrigley, you know, 9.30 or 9.45, whatever it is. And then, um, uh, then you could just go into Captain Morgan's, uh, have a beer, uh, drink it in the top half of the inning, come back, watch the second half uh, of the inning and say, uh, what, are the Cubs going to score? Are they going to win this game? Oh, they didn't. Okay, we'll go back into Captain Morgan's club, have another drink. You can have a cigarette out there. I'm an unfortunate smoker. Don't smoke, kids. And then, uh, you know, go. I'm just out there. We're doing this, you know, it's like the 12th, and we go out, and, uh, you know, we're having a smoke. And then um, they're like, it, it hit midnight. And they said, oh, no, you can't come in. It, you know, you, we cut it off at midnight. You guys are out. We're like, but you didn't say, you, but you couldn't. <laughs> so we went around to every single entrance until like, uh, and then I got sick. I, I mean, all, everything in the song is true. I, I did get sick. I had drunk gin before okay. the game. <laughs> it's all very true. And, um, you know, we went to every single entrance. We ended up right in, you know, Clark and Addison right in the front. And we're just begging the guy, please let us in. And like the guy had had enough of us. And he's just like, pulls out his handcuffs. He goes, if you don't want to end up in these I suggest you go somewhere else. And we said, all right, that's the end of our yeah, night. Yeah, yeah. And so we went over to the dugout, watched the end of it, and uh, woke up, wrote that dugout, song. Yeah. And then and then it, it, and it kind of took off from there with meeting uh, John Baker. So yeah. it just, He obviously loved the song, right? Yeah. yeah, well, I guess his dad found it first. Oh, yeah? His dad okay. was a former uh, minor league catcher. Uh, and uh, his dad, you know, I was trolling around YouTube or something, found the song. Some bozo wrote a song about you, John. And uh, so uh, we get in touch, and we ended up meeting at Cubs convention when he was in town. 
uh, maybe a year or two later, something like that. Um, he was still, I, I don't know what the situ- situation was at the time because he went to the Mariners the next year, and then they wanted to send him to unlike fake DL minor league rehab, extra catcher mm-hmm. kind of situation. And John said, no, I'm done. And luckily... For him, uh, they the Cubs hired him as a, like an ambassador first for the team, and now he ended up being a mental skills coordinator and travels with the Cubs all the time. And I guess that's very fortunate for him and also fortunate for me in this song because uh, uh, as a kind of a, a goof, me and uh, Corey Finnerin from the Ivy Envy podcast sitting around at the very same Cubs convention where I met him, I said, hey, we should just throw a party, you know, July 29th, John Baker Day, you know, we'll make T-shirts, have a big thing. I'm like, oh, that's John if he'll come. You know, maybe he comes, maybe yeah. he can't, I don't know. Oh, well, I asked him, and he said he'd come, and we threw the party, and we ended up raising uh, about uh, four grand, maybe a little, little more than that. I forget what the number was. For, well, where, where, where was that first initial John Baker Day? It's all been at Nisei Lounge. Okay, yeah. it's all, every yeah. one, okay, Every gotcha. single one has been at Nisei. Um, so, uh, yeah, we ended up raising about four grand for Cubs charities for l- really lack of a better charity to – to know what to give to, you know, um, we didn't, uh, so we just figured Cubs Cherries, they do good work. They, they, you know, build ballparks and stuff like that around the city. And so we did it for them. And then, uh, you know, then we said, Hey, that went really well. Let's do another one. And then, so we did another one last year and raised money for Joe Madden's, uh, his Hazleton integration project, which is, uh, running a community center in Joe's hometown of Hazleton, Pennsylvania uh, to try to get their community to uh, be friends with each other because uh, they've had some issues, uh, racial issues, but between uh, members of their community and Joe's said, no, we can do better than that. So we're going to build a community center where all these kids are going to play basketball together so that they don't, uh, you know, form gangs and fight in the high school. Um, So that's, uh, so that was a great charity. And then uh, this year, um, we benefited a family from Huntley, the Noel family, who was unfortunately injured pretty badly in an auto accident, laid up for a bunch of months. And Stuart, you told me about them and, uh, you know, told John the story of them and showed them the newspaper article about it. And he was down and, uh, you know, it's just Cubs fans helping Cubs fans. And it just what was great about this year is how much more personal it felt like we we went to the game with them last Sunday. And we met them. We all got out down onto the field, and John was there. Yeah. And we met John, and Stuart made a big sign, and we get took a picture together. And you know, it's just uh, it's just nice to see the you know the faces of the people that you're helping. You know, it's uh, I don't know. It, it makes you feel good. And I mean, yeah, just just to give those guys a day at the ballpark was awesome. And you know, you you and John, you know, were able to make that happen. And you know, raise over four thousand dollars for him. So and what a great guy John is, and his wife too. Just great well, it, couple. It, it's it's all just kind of beneficial in the fact that like who knew that you know John was going to be the guy that John was right and you know he could have you know, could have been any other guy who had no interest in uh, some idiot that wrote a song about him uh, or really the song's not even about John it's about me getting drunk at Wrigley <laughs> it's not about John everybody thinks it's about John it's not it's it's about it's about me like just being a, a, an idiot but um. But yeah, I mean, he's just great. He's got a great sense of humor. Really smart guy. Very thoughtful, and uh, you know, so he's been down to do this every single year and uh, went above and beyond this year and uh, ended up getting the tickets for the family. Yeah. And you know, that's not an easy thing even for him to pull off. Those are the player seats that they sat in, and yeah. he got six of them, and yeah. that's not easy. Um, 
So even with his pulse. So I, I just really appreciate everything that's happened. And it's just weird that you can go to a ball game, get drunk, write a song hungover, and like five and then years. Happens, yeah, right? then five, and then <laughs> yeah. it just turns into that. It yeah. just kind of goes to show you, like, uh, yeah, make sure you, you get as drunk as possible, as, <laughs> right. as often as possible, and good things will happen to you. <laughs> You've had some big hits. I know um, Waddle and Sylvie, they love you over there at ESPN 1000. Yeah, they've been very cool yeah. about playing me a lot, yeah. And uh, what's one of your biggest hits? We'll end off with one of your big hits here. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I would say one of the more recent ones, uh, Javi Be Good seems to have gotten a lot of plays. Right. Um you know, I've been uh, doing a little – I've had this guy, Corey Friedman, who writes over on Cubs Insider. He's been pulling video for me and making the, the videos. Yeah, the videos are great. The videos are great yep. that he's putting together. He's a great job editing those together. So it uh, looks looks way better than the stuff I was doing before when I was just downloading goofy pictures <laughs> and putting it up. Right. So I really appreciated his efforts, but uh, I think that had a lot to do with this song's success. So uh, so let me, let me sing it. All right. All right. Back Danny up. Rocket. This one's two minutes. We got time? Yeah. Yeah, you're good. Way down in Puerto Rico, close to Bayamon, was born a baby who could hit the baseball long. Tag you without looking and then swing the wood. He's making all the plays, cause Javi be good. When he's running the bases, he's giving them hell. The pitchers hate to face him, gun they're gonna get shelled. Go, go! Go, Javi, go, go. Go, Javi, go, go, go. Go, Javi, go, go, go. Go, Javi, go, go, go. Javi, be good. Javi, he'll hit it far with his wooden bat. A double down the line, triple in the gap. He flips it from his mid and turns a double play. He homers when he swings away Diving into second He's got 20 ways to dive Around the tag and get it safe Go, go Go, Javi, go, go Go, Javi, go, go, go Go, Javi, go, go, go Go, Javi, go, go, go Javi, be good Well, everybody loves him Got lots of fans. The screaming Javi Javi in the Wrigley stands. Done a lot of winning since he came to town. If you hit it to Javi, you are gonna be out. Get yourself tagged when you try and slide. Javi don't even use his eyes. Go, go, go. Go, Javi, go, go. Go, Javi, go, go, go. Go, Javi, go, go, go. Go, Javi, go, go, go. Javi, be good. That's awesome. That's your your National League MVP, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yeah. Danny Rocket. Hey, I want to request one more song because when I was in spring training uh, last year, you know, we we united out there and uh, you had a part. That was a, what was that? I forget what the party was for. Just a get together, wasn't it? Oh yeah, they they get together out in uh, which was an awesome bar you picked, by the way. It was oh yeah, killer. Yeah, man. some people it was liked a, di- it. a dive bar. It was awesome. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah, some people liked it. Some people weren't so sure about it. But that's my style of bar. It's a little rock and roll punk bar. It's and, a rock yeah, and roll yeah. punk bar, man. You should have yeah. been in this place, mm. William. It was cool. But yeah, he played a whole set there. But he also played at our tailgate party, and uh, so you know you listen to a song. What do they call that when it's stuck in your head? You know. 
uh, earworm. Yeah, ear, yeah, earworm. Yeah. And that was for me for Lester's song, you know. So oh, uh, yeah. if you can play that one for us, and then uh, we'll use that on a show coming up. Got to remember the chords. This is one of my favorites. I don't know. I, I like them all, but. Well, this is a Christmas song, so get ready because it's uh, almost September, right? Everyone's always bitching. He can't feel when he's bitching. But it could be worse when he throws the first. Lester always flips it underhand. When the batters try his hand at bunting, John has trouble getting off the mound. But Anthony knows a bad throw's coming. But sometimes John launches it in the crowd. The runner, he'll retire if his throws aren't on fire. Ball stuck in the mid, Rizzo does the splits. Lester always flips it underhand. Lester always flips it underhand. Yeah. That's the one you meant, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's a good one. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's the first one I played on Waddle and Sylvie ever. Is it? Okay, yeah. yeah. So that's, they like that's, that. They love that song, yeah. Yeah, and by the way, he's much better now, so I need to write him a new right. song. Yeah. I was thinking maybe uh, Love Shack, I would do Bounce Pass. <laughs> bounce Pass, baby, Bounce Pass. But then now he's been getting it there yeah, on the fly. So yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, and I'm running out of songs. That ship might have sailed. <laughs> yeah. Well, so. thank you for coming in and uh gracing us on our show you know we're big fans of yours and we got to get him back down the line for sure oh yeah and you could see him at club 400 yep. say hi to him when you see him up on the stage and you know we screwed up twice danny he's brought two songs for two players and their goal was to have him play them in front of the players and we you know those events it's we got to make sure that, yeah, it's, it's chaotic, chaotic. Yeah. maybe next time and i'll make sure that it happens it has to happen <laughs> yeah. but uh yeah. maybe carl edwards huh yeah, there you well, go. I got my Carl song all ready <laughs> nice. to go. I'll write another verse for him and everything. Thanks, Danny. Appreciate it, buddy, yeah. and uh, we'll see you soon. All right. Thanks Thank for having you. me on, guys.